I think there was also, you know, one event that happened that really also was, a, you know, argues a landmark event, you know, in the times of these tribulations with your stepmom. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted you to kind of walk us through that. Well, I feel, honestly, it's, um, that, that part is, it has always been one of the most difficult times to talk about, because you can imagine, I already skipped it, and mm -hmm. it's not even intentional, it's it's just like that. It's like at the very bottom of buckets of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like... And, yeah, and, I know. And, and just you know just feel free if, if you feel it's not something you want to share and that's absolutely fine and I, you know i definitely appreciate your vulnerability this this is like significant and you know i, I think that you know as we share the stories we help ourselves and also help people so if you feel that you know you don't want to talk about it absolutely fine but you know I, I know that it was something that really also it was a significant point in your life really um yeah. and i know that people will be you know interested to also learn yeah, it was. Um, I, it was one of the the high school period, right? When I was, um, I think I was I was in my junior high school, and I was in the third year. Yeah, and um, I think it was one of those times that you you go home and then yeah, I think it was also one of the times that we couldn't even reach our mom at that point as well too. So and it, it's been happening like. You come back home from school and then you don't have food to eat and that's not that's not entirely because there's no food right it's because my stepmom would have eaten all the food kind of mm. and also because she knows when you can have access to the food you come and ask her and she's able to say whatever it is that she's it's it's just the happiness that she wants to feel like it's it gives her joy mm. that's that's what I noticed. It gives her joy when we now come to her and be like, um, I, because it's difficult for me to even ask. I'm like, so I don't know if we have food to eat and all of that. You know, it's just the the fact that I'm so uncomfortable to even ask for the basic things because of the way things were. And I mean, coming back from school, everybody, I mean, the first thing I want to do is to eat and you you have eaten the food and then when i asked her she was like well do i look like your mom mm. and then this is the same person that would that my dad would say she's your mom blah blah if you get what i mean and you know honestly i really don't well right from time i don't even like the confrontation anyways at that point so i was i was not going to like even ask for too long. So I asked her and then since she was like, do I look like your mom? Your dad doesn't, your dad has not prepared any food for you. Am I the one that's supposed to be preparing food for you? And you know, she said all of that. And I was just like, you know, maybe my dad was gonna come back on time. Because it feels like, although it's been happening before, but maybe later on, she bring the food out. So that's another thing that I had at the back of my mind. Maybe she was going to bring it out at some point. Yeah. But that day it didn't happen. I mean, coming back from school and all, and I actually didn't have any money on me anyways to even be like, okay, I'll go get some food. <laughs> yeah. So there was nothing I could do. And myself and my brother were just there in the house. And till it got, it got late at night. Usually my dad comes home maybe around 7 p.m. or so, maybe 6, 7, latest by 8. But usually it's consistent to come at 7. So keep looking up to the fact that, okay, maybe by 7 was going to come home. I I just get, I was, when it, when it got late and we all go inside the house, inside our apartment, I just kept looking to the door. I kept checking the window just to kind of look at the, the car park and also just keep checking through the window to kind of see oh, if it's gonna come in at any point in time you know as time goes on my my brother actually fell asleep but i couldn't sleep honestly i'm not even gonna lie like, i couldn't sleep because this woman keep coming to check on us just to see and then the coming to check on us is for her to see how miserable we mm. were feeling at that point yeah and she was so, just so your brother actually fell asleep hungry. 
yeah, it, it slept honestly, and I couldn't even sleep. Like <laughs> I felt like I'm not even that strong to sleep on empty stomach. So I I couldn't even sleep. I I was just not having it at all. Cause I was like, if I had missed lunch now, I mean, the time for supper has passed and around 9 p.m. I was just waiting. My dad didn't come home on time, honestly. That day was very different. And honestly, I just kept on looking towards the door if somebody's just going to come in. And because I know at that point, if anybody comes in, it's my dad. So I, I just kept on looking, keep checking, but nothing happened. And, but that also just puts me where I was lying down. I just kept on wondering, like, for how long this is going to keep happening. Because for me, it's not just the fact, at that point, it's not just the fact that my dad was going to come back and then I know when he comes back, we're going to have something to eat. But also, for how long is this thing going to keep happening? Like, me having to, like, not be in control of things like not be able to get food to eat, like for how long is that going to be? So that was what was going on in my mind at that point. And then, you know, as soon as the, as soon as he arrived, honestly, even though we were like on the second story of the building, I knew it was his car. I really jumped out of the bed. I, I jumped out of the apartment, out of the house before he could actually, before he could even walk towards the building. I was already there, like, you know, I, I jumped and hugged him and to him he knew something was wrong because it was mm. like, okay, this is different. Yeah. And then, you know, he was asking like, have you eaten? And honestly, I just started crying at that point. Like I was like, because I wanted to tell him like, I've not eaten. But, but you didn't even have the strength to say anything. Like it was just so hard. Like. And I felt like maybe that was one of the times that I felt like it was very, very hard going up. Hmm. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. So we... We, we kind of went out that night, you know, to go have something. But my mind really didn't go away from the fact that this thing is going to happen again. And I feel like maybe at that point on, so I was like, if any good thing is going to happen to me, it's probably something that I created myself. Mm. And um, if and then if I'm going to expect the word to be in the way that I want. It's probably going to be the word that I create myself. It was so hard to learn these lessons this way, right? Because, I mean, I've learned from school, I mean, from some books too that were read in school as to like, you know, you know, like, how the things like your future lies in your hands and all mm. of that. Yeah. But at that point, for a child like me, I felt like I, I was getting wisdom from all those little words from school. Because those are like essays from schools. Exactly, that like, exactly. I mean, kids kids actually typically don't get to practice those sayings until later mm -hmm. on. But you had to grow up so fast, so quick, like learning was, those things. Mm -hmm. It was it was very hard. Like, and at that point, it was just like, huh, I'm getting wisdom from the things from school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, honestly, this experience, as bad as they look, as sad as it as it was. It was still something good, honestly, because mm. I just I just kept getting better, like with things that I do, like I just I kept getting better because it was more like now you know where you stand in life, mm. and then you know that if anything whatsoever, then you have to be the one to kind of just create that. So mm. I, I mean, I th I took that to school, and I mean I could only practice it in school, anyways. <laughs> so it, it was it was really helping and um i felt like even at that point self i probably have forgotten about me having an issue with my left eye because it was like i was just there like there were bigger problems yeah there was like i'm like no this is not even gonna stop me <laughs> like i'm not i'm not gonna become somebody really cool at the end of the day and also Another thing was, I'm not going to come back and come leave in this house at the end of the day. 
like whatever it is it has to take like i just have to give it my heart because i'm not gonna come back live with this and i feel like it's a very very good mindset mm. honestly at that point as i was going up because even as we we're going up we moved from that house and then we moved to because my dad eventually built his own house i mean not not like a glamorous house or something yeah so, but we moved to into our sites that time and then we my dad has enough land over there and then you know those my elder brother my stepbrothers eventually built their own houses in the same compound because we have the land yeah. so, and and this was in ogo state in nigeria yeah, correct yeah, yeah yeah and i was in my mind i was like because my dad always say oh yeah all this land is for all my children and i always tell him not for me because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna use any of this. Yeah. If, if I need the land, I will get it myself. And what, what was his response when you usually tell him that no, this is I, I'm no, not going like, here? Don't talk that way. You don't talk that way and all stuff like that. But another thing that I another thing in all of this mess, another thing with my dad also is my dad actually was the dreamer. Even though I have the mindset of like this is what I'm gonna do, like. Um, I'm going to do better for myself. Like, I'm going to create a life that I want for myself. And then I'm going to transfer the control from this set of people where I don't have to be a place to myself and all of that. You know, my dad would would call me and be like, I had a dream about you. And I'll be like, oh, I hope it's good. This one that you come to me. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, well, it's good. I had a dream and I see that you actually seated with the governor. I'm like, my boy, small boy, seated with the governors. And then I was actually uh, shaking with them. Uh, honestly, I'll be like, this man needs to sleep. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because it was like, even as a child, I was like, well, it sounds good, but it wasn't It wasn't like, like in the old things, like it's not relatable at all. Yeah. I mean, then, considering your situation at that time, Mm-hmm. And then there's this dream about you meeting a governor. Like, mm-hmm. how how does that connect? Where does where does that happen? Mm-hmm. And that that was that wasn't the only time he he did that. I think at at another point he came to me was like he had another dream actually. And then that time he really didn't tell me the dream. The only thing he said was like, "I want you to promise me that you forgive your other brothers." Mm. That, that was all he was asking me. It was like what he saw in the dream that he just wanted me to promise him that I would not take revenge whatsoever on anything. And I was like, okay, so you're scaring me. What did you say? I was like, it was a very good thing. But I also feel like at that point, you have the power to do whatever it is you want to do. Mm. So, like, honestly, it was a hard-to-hard discussion that day. Like, it was, like, we, we talked and then... Honestly, I even don't have the mind as to like, I, I, it was a part of my plan anyways, to kind of say, okay, I want to take a break. And he, he said that because he knew what it did to me. Because, I mean, I only mentioned that once that it beats me, but <laughs> it happened way more than that. Like, even when I was in the university, maybe... Are we still going to talk about the investing part? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, I just wanted us to kind of. I, I know we've, you know, we've definitely spoken quite, quite a lot, and this was the same way we had in the initial conversation, yeah. and, and so maybe this lends, you know, very nicely into how you got into the university, and yeah, you started to study your course, and I, and I want you to walk us through that dynamic of what you actually were studying and what he thought yeah. you were studying, and just maybe just walk quickly through up until when you graduated. You know, obviously you you came out with. And I'm mm-hmm. proud to say first class. Yeah. But, you know, people are going to find it interesting to see how that first class was not so exciting. But just walk us through yeah. that, that, that story, really. Well, yeah. So, uh, when I, well, as I was, as I was finishing high school, I, I had this, I had, uh, so there was another award that was created. Like, honestly, I felt like it, there were a lot of things that were just created at that point when I was in high school. So when I was my final year and um, we did our first term exams and then the result came out, the result was so good. And I'm not going to lie, at that point, we had another student whose result was better. 
So we were like the two top in that class because there was another student that got transferred into our school and this, the student was from was from Ghana. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even understand why that student would choose that my, my class was very <laughs> So, but anyways, that's not the point of it. The student was very, very brilliant, I want to say, like, so smart. And um, it was just like, well, the, the, the award was created for indigenous students and that was how i beat this, the other students wow because when we got the, to the award um, ceremony they were like the award is only given to indigenous students so at that point the other person was really disqualified mm. and um so that was also another cash like i felt like my dad has has gotten his money back from what i spent in high school because <laughs> i actually always get cash prices like a lot of cash yeah. prices uh, so like so I got another cash price and um that kind of helped me pay for my that was what I used to pay for my NECO exams. Okay. So because at that at that time government was still paying for the WIAC. Correct. So for NECO it was it was that money that I used to for NECO and now this is the final was, exam final exam at the uh senior secondary um school mm-hmm. to get into the university. Yeah. So well, there are that um, cash prices that I win from, like, literary and debating society in high school, like, we'll go get some cash prices and all of that, so, but those ones probably not as big as those two, <laughs> yeah, so, I I went to the university, I actually took a year, I actually didn't go to university immediately, because I was thinking, I don't know if I'll be able to, like, go through university as to financial part of things and everything and so i actually took a year out that was me that wanted to run away from home still mm-hmm. but i still took a year out because it was more like i needed to work so i went to work and then at the same time i was i've not really had um computer background as to my school Anyways, how would I even learn about computers? <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to learn about computers. So I enrolled in a computer school. I was also working. So the money that I get from work, I used to pay for my JAMB lesson. I mean, JAMB is the university, um, the entrance exam into the university. Into the university. So and I was taking this because I don't want to be like out of the classroom in a way. Totally, because I was taking a year and I still want to have the feel of classroom, like still learning things so that I won't forget by the time I'll, I'm ready to take the jam exams. So I I, I actually was doing, I was, I was working. So I just split my day into three. I'll go to work in the morning. I'll go to jam lesson. Then in the evening, I'll go to the computer school. Okay. And I just go home to go sleep and continue the following day so i kept doing that for that year and i i was paying for everything Mm -hmm. i feel like at some point my dad was feeling like why do you leave as if nobody exists because i wasn't asking for money i was Mm -hmm. because i I don't want something to just end that whatever it is i'm doing as young as i was i felt like i figured it out as to what to do so i just kept doing things like that and then when I was ready to go to university, well, I think in admission to university, my, I had a very good jam score, was like 240, but still, I ended up in a poly. Mm, I was, that's a polytechnic, I was, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was in a polytechnic, and then I was like, okay, I don't like it. Because for me, I felt like I was performing so well, but I was like, okay, I need something better. You so need, I need, needed more challenge, really. Yeah, so I did another jump again. And I went to the university. Uh, those 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 parts also was very funny because I think I really didn't have enough money. I spent enough. I spent money even in going to poly because we had paid we had paid the school fees, mm-hmm. and I had spent money to ride the jump. I had spent money to go ride the post jump because you know I have to travel down to the school to do the yeah. post jump. And I think I had two schools and I already went to those. One was in Oshun State, one was Funab in Abekuta, where I was. And so I had spent almost all my money. But when I gained admission into Funab, I was like, 
I don't have money. Well, what what could I do? I, I actually just went to the deacon. There was a deacon in my church who I perceived like a rich guy. And I just went to him. I'm like, you know what? You know my dad, right? He said, yes. I said, he's very shy to ask you for money. So that's why I'm doing it. Like, hmm. in, in order to pay for my acceptance fee into the university, but he doesn't have it and he's very shy to ask you. Hmm. Well, this, this man gave me the money. And then I, I later called my dad and I was like, well, I borrowed the money in your name. Thank, at least you have a good name anyway. For him to be able to give me money, it means you have a good yeah. name. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, so you pay it back when you're ready. Because <laughs> mm. I also asked him if you could pay it in six months. He said yes. So yeah, you can take six months to pay it back. It was to him. Yeah, it was like, maybe at that point, also my dad was saying that, this guy, there's no stopping him in what mm -hmm. he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I just kept doing that and then, you know, went to university. University was kind of fun. Like I felt like university was more mature, for more fun. People are more non not entirely like sensitive to your feeling, but a little yeah, bit but more matured about it really. Yeah, more mature about it. They wouldn't say it like it was in high school. Yeah. yeah. So they wouldn't even say it much and then I find women to be very much more understanding. Well, women are more understanding. Yeah. So they would, um, like, I, I even get help from. But at that point, on, so I don't even classify myself as somebody with any disability. Honestly, yeah. I felt like it was until I came to Canada that I knew, that I remember that I had disability. Mm. I never knew throughout university that I actually had any disability whatsoever. Because whatever it is we we'll do, I champion things like if we're going to have a lab and then we don't have enough resources, I just talk to my to my colleagues or my classmates and then we're going to contribute the money and make sure that it happens. Because for me, it was more like nothing can stop this thing. You people cannot stop this vision for me. So no, no. like it has to be done. I don't know. I don't care how, but it has to be done. So I'm, go I'm going somewhere and everything was aligned for me to get there. Exactly. So the if there's any challenge, I actually don't care about the challenge. Like where I'm going, it must happen. Mm. Even though I, it wasn't like I had it in mind that I was going to come to Canada. But it's just for me, I just wanted to empower myself. Like I was like, if I could have a degree, and, it, and I don't know, like the way my brother used to make jest of me, I don't. I'm not the guy that can do physical work as well. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I can't lift things. No, so my options were like just one. And one alone, go to school, get a degree, and then you probably be able to get a good job. Or if I wanted to do a business, maybe I'll be able to do a business. So that was just what was on my mind. I, yeah, I wouldn't want anything to actually stop it. So, well, university was kind of fun because it was more like me actually killing it in terms of grades. Grades were like, like I, I keep jumping from like good grades to good grades. If we got to a point. The issue of the department, you know, like in Nigeria, we can be a lot in the department that you don't even know who is who. They only see the name and matric number. So uh, you give the matric number to, so like this person, I want to see the person like face to face. I want to see this guy face to face. Like, I want to know his face. And when I got there, I was like, oh, wow, interesting. So you are the one, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> I was like, wow. Your result is always very impressive. And I've been wondering, who is this? And um, because, well, I, I, I didn't start as the best in class. I didn't start with the first class, right? But I just kept on jumping. Like, sometimes I would just have 5.0, then have another 5.0, like 4.9. And then it was wondering. And 5.0 really is excellent grades. This is, yeah. this is everything yeah. all checked out. Yeah, that's like the maximum. You have A's in everything that you need. So it was just like, oh, wow. That's, he wants to encourage me to keep doing that and all of that. And um, well, eventually, to I moved to become the the HOC, which was the head of class. Mm -hmm. And um, I honestly, I feel like I always have a lot more responsibility. If I see something not, and I felt like it probably from everything that I went through when I was quite younger. If something is not working right, I probably would most likely step in and be like, how can we do this thing better? Like, this thing can work. I'm, yeah. I, I became very optimistic. I'm not going to like, like, even my 
classmates and people tell me I'm too optimistic. Mm. I I became very optimistic. If something is not working, I'm, I can tell you that um, you, if you don't want to do things, don't just tell me. <laughs> like if you have made up your mind not to do it, don't tell it. Don't tell me like about the thing, because as soon as you tell me, um, I'm going to probably just champion it and be like, yeah, it can work. We can yeah. try it. If it doesn't work, we can try it another way. If it doesn't work, we can try it again. Uh, you can keep trying, trying, trying. Somebody be like, do you want to exhaust yourself? But mm-hmm. It's just that point of. I, I never knew that that was like part of me not giving up on things and I would just keep looking at things like oh okay this is what I want to achieve I when I when I when I entered university I was saying if I could just have to to and do everything but as time goes on the way I read and then I forgot to mention that because of my high I read very slowly and really just understand i take more time to understand things mm-hmm. so because of that i have to read very slowly and then i have to start on time so in the university i probably started reading from the third week in the university like for every semester i started reading from the third week and we probably have like 15 weeks of lecture yeah. but that's it because i i can't actually i don't know how to do all those do go to night i don't go for night class to read to night reading yeah. that people do i don't do it because i don't even have the capacity with my high to do that so i don't put that heavy load on my high so i have to start like really really when everything is like there's no pressure yeah give yourself the head start yeah so i'll always just do that keep reading at that point even some of my classmates will be like <laughs> we just resumed this semester allow yourself to enjoy a little bit I was like, okay, so what exactly is there for me to enjoy? <laughs> so, um, I was probably a workaholic, honestly. And then I just, I'll just keep reading. And then I'm probably one of those guys when we do some tests, you know, you know how some people can, can score 45 and be like, wow, I passed this course onto next semester. And then there's this other guy. That scored ninety five and be like, no, I wanted to score hundred. Yeah. And you are like, are you crazy? <laughs> and the person is disappointed, say, no, ninety five is not enough. And you're like, even A is seventy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you need hundred for? Well, I became that because of accuracy. So you were driving My... for perfection, really. Yeah, I, I became like that point where I, but honestly, I feel like it declined at some point. I stopped the profession part. I started like, oh yeah, as soon as I have A in everything, I'm good. It's good enough. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I moved down. I went back to that because I noticed that, oh, okay. No, it wasn't a point of if I could do it again. It was a point that was established that I could now do it. Yeah. So I felt like it, it probably me moving to that point where I needed to understand that, okay, now you know you can do it. And that's, that's exactly what you needed. So university was was pretty much um, good. And mm-hmm. then I had a couple of people that that I always inspired as well. Like people would just be like, do we just do your thing? And I think at some point I told somebody about my story and the person was like, like the person was shocked. It was like, you don't actually look like that person. Wait, I'm like, well, I don't even talk about the story. I'm not even gonna go into the details because I felt like maybe at that point, I don't see the need talking about what was wrong with me. Because also yeah. sometimes if you have gone through something and you keep going through it, it becomes normal to you. That's not until you hear about a decent condition or a better environment that you begin to see that, okay, what you were going through was actually not normal. Yeah. Because to me, I, I saw no point in talking about it because it felt like it's a normal thing. Because that's happened for that long, extended period of time, like that become normal. So when I told my friend and he was like, wow, you mean all of this thing happened to you? I was like, yes, it happened. He was like, that's not normal at all. And mm. at that point, well, I, I still don't care. Like I just wanted to to just finish and then but before I finish I started having, you know, it's there's always a problem in this world anyways. I started mm-hmm. having this issue with 
I started pulling statistics as to when people finish, the kind of job they are doing, what they are doing. So I was in my fourth year, and then I was my course was supposed to be five years. So I was in my fourth year, and then I was seeing that. Then I started talking to a senior guy who was doing his master's, and I was like, what if I wanted to do my master's outside of this country? And then, obviously, you know that I'm broke, I don't have money. So I was asking the guy, and the guy was like, how are you? It's very possible that you don't even need to pay a dime. I'm like, mm. are you serious or you are pulling my legs? He was like, oh, yeah, for sure. That is possible. That if I can just maintain my results the way it is till I finish, I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's no problem. I was like, if it's me, that was, yeah, of course, even though I really didn't understand everything. So, but in my final year, this guy and a couple of other guys put me in a scholarship group and I started applying. Oh my God, the first application I had, the result didn't come out until when I went, I was in camp for NYSA. Yeah. When they sent me the rejection email and I was crying as if <laughs> somebody took something very important away from me. Because I mean, apparently that, that could have seemed to be your only way out. Because yeah, I mean, consider everything that's happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and maybe just to call out, you know, I think very importantly, one of the things I've been, as you just talked through this, you know, final fourth year, is you know asking the right questions. As much yeah. as you had no experience with any of your, you know, siblings even going into the higher institution, to university, yeah. or even maybe sometimes even friends around, and so this mm-hmm. information didn't necessarily come to you. It was you asking yeah. out of the need to wanting to grow, and obviously mm-hmm. considering your situation and wanting to, you know what. Financially, this is not possible. Yeah. How can yeah, I get a head exactly. start? And then you were asking the right questions, and this led you to being, you know, you know, being part of this scholarship group. And of course, yeah, as you mentioned, your first rejection, <laughs> you know, came like a sword, like like a dagger to the heart, really. Yeah, it was it was very hard because I could just I was just standing there, I was just crying. Like I think we were like on the on the queue to get our bicycle allowance. Mm. On, on camp <laughs> and then when this email came in and I just opened it I was like if I had done I wouldn't have opened this email and I was just on the queue crying <laughs> like I had a friend that was like what happened what happened <laughs> I was like oh you can't understand as I have like it's like yeah. somebody just took something that belonged to me away it's so funny, it's funny it's funny that we're laughing about it right now but I mean yeah. I can imagine how how sad <laughs> it would have been oh, yeah, at, was... at that time really I was really sad. Like, I I felt like I won that scholarship. <laughs> yeah, I won it. Was it, it was the first rejection? I'm not sure if you got any rejection before yeah. that time. Apparently, that's yeah. another thing to 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 really like. I've not really gotten a rejection aside from. I mean, it's not like I've not really gotten a rejection. I mean, I've gotten a rejection when I was looking for admission to university. Like, yeah, yeah. But I've not really gotten a rejection as to like the way I do things. I know the trend of my results, the grades, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, and also because I'm very optimistic. I think that was yeah. what really affected that, me that much, actually. I was very, very optimistic about everything. So when that came in, it felt like maybe I wasn't supposed to put all my hopes on this thing. Mm. Um, but after a while, oh, goodness, I went back to my joint table. Everybody in NYC that time that knew me could attest to the fact that everywhere I go, I have a book with me. And what am I doing? I'm writing essay and rewriting it. Wow. I'll write essay and I'll rewrite it. And I keep on writing. I have a, a book, like I have a lot. And I don't have, mind you, I don't have a computer. Like I don't have a laptop to actually type things. So I have a book where I always write it. So when I need to, like, I type it on my phone when I'm ready. Mm. Like when I felt like I've perfected it, then I, I type it on my phone and I save it on my phone. Usually I just save it in my email, kind of. I send it to myself and then just keep it in the email like that. Mm. I don't even have a computer for any of these applications whatsoever, like none of them. Like, And, would... and, and, and just to put it in perspective, you know, the NYSE is, you know, that service year where after you finish university, you go and do that as a university graduate. And if I remember correctly, it's a very regimented program where there isn't time yeah. for anything, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Every time, like everything from when you wake up at 5 a.m. or 4.30 is planned mm-hmm. till the end of the day where there's a night out. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure yeah. out how in the midst of no time you really found that time to write this much essays. Well, I just felt like 
you see, that rejection just made me know that it was more like an aggressive reaction from my own mm. side. Mm. So things I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep writing as much. And then I will write these things. When I get to eventually type it, I send it to people like, can you, can you kind of just help me read through this? And, um, and then I have, I actually also have a friend who is always very ready at that time too, who just be on the phone be like, okay, send it to me. We'll open it together and then we'll just read let's through pro- it. Let's proofread it and kind of go through yeah. The, uh, yeah, the talking yeah. points. Yeah, the, um, she would she would do that and um, she was always like, yeah, that one would never. Honestly, I felt like even when I forget about things, We'll be like, ah, are you not applying? Because you, you always apply for scholarship. That are you not applying? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm applying. It's just that um, maybe the deadline is still far away, so mm-hmm. I'm still working on a few essays and all of that. So I, I felt like after the first rejection, I put in application for like, um, it's probably up to twenty, honestly, maybe mm. like twenty applications. So I, when I when I put in. All this, I just send the application all over the world. Like, there is, there is um, Commonwealth Scholarship, there's Commonwealth Shared, there is Mastercard Scholarship, and Mastercard is not just one school. So I had multiple schools. Um, there is um, Erasmus Scholarship as well. Like, and then there are also PhD because I finished with the first class, I could apply for a direct PhD. Correct. So there were also PhD scholarship that I actually applied to, like. One of the ones that I applied to in, in Australia and then I got his supervisor who was ready to fund me. We had a chat and the supervisor was willing, was like, go ahead, put in my name as the person that will sponsor the PhD. And we we're already like on a track to, to kind of solidify all of these things until MasterCard sent their own emails and it was like, oh yeah, congratulations, you are in and uh, confirm if you would like to get the scholarship. And I was Beautiful. like, okay, at first... To get what was hard, but now I have to choose. So I and and this was in service year, right? It was in was... service year. Wow! All Finally, this... light light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, and all of this was in service year, and and I've already I already told myself like before then I had already gotten part scholarship from UK. I always get that one because okay. of my results. I always get, but I'm like I can't even fund the remaining part of the scholarship. Mm. <laughs> So I don't accept them. So usually I just tell them I'm not going to be able to find three minutes. So that I'm looking for something really full, like including the flight. Like I cannot pay for the flight as well. Yeah. So it's like, okay, your your situation is a bit extreme. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we can't help you. We can't help you. No. Yeah. So yeah. I'll be like, yeah, there's, there's nothing uh, they could do. They just have the parts. There was one that gave me 75%. Mm-hmm. Even there was one that even gave me 100% of the tuition. But I'm like, I need living expenses as well. Because I can't even fund the living expenses. So yeah. I couldn't actually accept it. It was hard for me in all of these times. It was hard for me to like let go of all this scholarship one after the other. Yeah. But it was just pointing to the fact that there's still a limit that I have to overcome. And the limit is the fact that I don't even have the finance to actually fly all the way to this country. Or mm. Yeah, so I still need one that will be able to cover all of this. So even the reason why I let go of the PhD scholarship in Australia, because I would have gone for Australia. Australia is warm compared to this freezing Canada. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I I had to let go because the supervisor told me that they covered the cost of transportation, like the flights and maybe some other costs as to like maybe the medical exam, the visa, but I have to do that with my money. When I arrive in a country, like in Australia, they mm-hmm. would refund everything. That's another challenge for me. Where I don't even you, have where, where do you I get, get that it. from. Exactly. I'm like, I don't even have where I'm going to be able to get this body. Cause obviously it's not like my dad has the money and it's not giving me, he doesn't have it. Yeah. So it was hard. Like, for me to actually like be able to do that. So that was when I had to really make up my mind. When MasterCard came in, MasterCard sent me an email. They were like, if you don't have a passport, we'll send you money to go and get your passport first. Mm. I'm like, okay, my situation is not that worse. I have a passport. <laughs> <laughs> so for MasterCard, it was more like the worst case is what they are looking for. Like if you like, don't have a passport. We will we'll support you from ground, yeah. ground zero. 
like I I didn't have to and then it was McGill University, like one of the best universities in Canada. Like yeah. I didn't even have to pay for application fee. Mastercard just waived it when I was applying. They were the one who took care of it. I mean shout shout out shout out to Mastercard's scholarship and, like, and, yeah. and obviously obviously I mean for someone like you that has enjoyed the benefit of that scholarship and can attest to how impactful mm-hmm. I mean it has been in your life. Obviously considering the other options that you had and mm-hmm. where you had to still cough out however minimal the amount was. But you know, this was a scholarship that really is ready to take, you know, applicants, of course, you know, excellent mm-hmm. applicants from ground zero. You didn't need to have yeah. anything. You know, shout out to them for sure. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Mastercard is still the best. Even though I wanted the response scholarship so bad, I I felt like I wouldn't have loved it because later on I got to know that you have to also pay for those stuff and then they will pay you back later. Mm-hmm. But Mastercard was I felt like somebody could trust me to send me some money to take care of things. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> because even before, like, what, what Mastercard was doing was that Mastercard was working with, as soon as I got admission, and as soon as I was selected for the scholarship, they started sending me emails from McGill University, like the Mastercard office there. So they sending mm-hmm. me email like, okay, now we'll be guiding you for everything that you need till you get to Canada. Correct. So now for you to, that the next step is, for you to apply for visa, like your study permit. And then they sent me the list of, like they sent me the information as how to go about it. And also like if there was any question that I had and um, if there's any challenge and all. And I, I, the, the, honestly, when when I was, when I submitted the, the application, I don't even have to think about paying for it. All I just had to do was to create the account. Yeah submit all the documents like i was so amazed honestly because it made like life so easy for me because even mm-hmm. i don't even have to, i don't even have that money anyways so they did all that and um when it was time for medical they sent money they sent about 150 it was 600 dollars then like 600 dollars yeah. Canadian dollars okay but when i when i cashed it out at the bank it was like 150 000 naira correct with the exchange rate at that time because and nobody has even sent me money from abroad. You know, when they said when they told me, they sent me the email, they sent me things that I need to follow. <laughs> and I was wondering, would they give me money? Would they not think like I'm doing Yahoo or something? Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking in my head. Like I hope they won't say I'm doing Yahoo or anything. Yeah. Because like I already checked it out. I knew that it was gonna be a hundred and fifty. And also I felt that way because I'm not gonna lie to you, maybe the highest money I've ever handled was like twenty K or so. So it's like somebody sent me 150k. I'm like, well, I don't even have anybody abroad, let alone somebody send me. So I I went to the bank. I got the money. <laughs> Honestly, I, from the bank I went to Shoprite. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so this is me. one of the grocery stores in in Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, I went to Shoprite. Um, I went to their food section, and I just ordered food. <laughs> wow. Uh, like. I think I spent about eight thousand. That I mean, out of eight hundred and fifty, so that was like I spent just eight thousand, just and, to. And this is this, this is like this is what three dollars, three three dollars, yeah, three yeah, Canadian dollars in today's yeah. today's terms. Wow. Yeah, and then after that, I yeah because I even took the money and just deposited it into my accounts because because in my in my head I'm like I don't want to hear anything happening to that money. I'm not gonna take it out. <laughs> It can't, it can't miss. This money has a purpose. Yeah, we must. Yeah, we must put so, it to use. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really very funny the way it was that time, and um, went for. I had a very delay, uh, a, like a very long delay in my study permit being approved. Because at that time, those that were selected from Nigeria for uh, like at McGill University that time were like three of us. Mm-hmm. We we're three guys, and we we connected very quickly. And the, the the two other guys got their visa. My own was still pending. And I was like, they didn't even send me invitation for medical. And these guys have gotten their visa. And the way it works is that once you get your study permit, you email MasterCard office in um, McGee University, and they will book your flights. Straight up. You can imagine I was in a group with these two other guys, and their flights have already been booked, and I was just like, I what is going on again? Mm. Yeah, so, but I feel like that's also another, another test to my faith, honestly, because I can remember I was really, 
at some point I was playing and then I got tired. I'm like, I'm not playing again. And I was just like, because it got to a point because these other guys have gotten their flight book and everything ready. And by early August, they'll be going. And I was just like, you know what, God, I feel like I've really tried in this life. And I was like, even if I don't go to Canada, I'll be successful in this country. Mm. That was was what I told myself that day. I was like, I'm going to be successful. Honestly, I don't even know. I I don't even know what was going on in my head. Like, I was just like, no matter what, I'm going to be successful. (laughs) So that was what was in my head at that point. Because I was like, it's not even at this point that this thing is going to be something that will now limit me. Yeah. But as it will happen the following day, actually, I got an email from them to go and do my medical. And um, now everything is just like, as they say, everything is just history today. Yeah. Like, it was really good because um, coming to Canada, studying and all of that, I mean, it was pretty smooth. Like, it was when I, it was when I, you know, that's another thing with the environment. When I got to Canada, I realized that I had disability. Mm. I realized that what happened to me when I was young was not normal. Yeah. Yeah. And MasterCard actually had um, a therapist that we could talk to, like, because it was during pandemic time. So there was a therapist that we could all talk to, you know, and then I started talking to this person and then we started, and then we started, got, we, we got talking about my childhood <laughs> and the therapist couldn't believe, like, it was just like... <laughs> It had to be. It had to be a scene from a movie, really. It's. it's it can't yeah. happen to anyone. But even myself, I couldn't believe it. Cause I can remember in that in that therapy section we were talking, and I was like, I can't imagine that I went through all of this. It feels like I'm looking at a child who went through all of this, and I'm just looking at that child, and I'm wondering how would a child go through that? Because in my head, what I was going through in my head is like, a child is not supposed to survive this kind of thing because it's wrong. And I was just like, maybe I really didn't go through it, <laughs> honestly. Mm. But, but that was just it at that point because we were going through, we were, honestly, I didn't finish that therapy section because I, I eventually graduated and we couldn't, like, as soon as you graduate, your, all your scholarship benefits actually get. Yeah. I felt like that part was not supposed to hurt because I, but well, I never really asked MasterCard to actually just allow me finish everything anyways. But yeah. maybe if I had told them, maybe they would have allowed me anyways. Yeah, possibly, but as soon possibly. as I finish, the therapist had to tell me like, okay, since you graduate, like all these things will end and all that. So, and we really didn't finish everything, but we, we really just talked a little bit about it. Like, and it was, it was very, very deep. Like, it felt like like it, it just happened like yesterday, like it just happened like three days ago. Like I I was just looking at everything, like the old going on because I felt like even in all of my story, it was good because it helped me. Like I always still like to pick out the best out of things. Like it gives me a lot of independent thoughts mindset because I started thinking beyond what was going on like in my home. And then also I started thinking I was gonna give myself like I have to be in charge of my life. Mm-hmm. I like that mindset honestly because although it's a the the bad side to it is that it doesn't allow you to allow somebody be in charge of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for that period of time, it was necessary and it was needed. Yeah, because yeah. it's like you're taking the power away from people and having it for yourself like and that's what i was doing like yeah nobody's gonna have the power so even get to the point to start hurting me because they mm-hmm. have the power yeah because i was like it was a whole lot of hurt and all of that but it also still helped me like even after that i've gone through a lot of things even in life beyond home like everything that happened and I felt like it kind of just helped me to really be strong as to how I just tell myself, maybe this is not entirely bad. And mm, then, mm. yeah, it, it, it also put that um, resilience. And if that's, that's one of the key skills that I always tell myself, if there's anything that I bring out of every of my stories, it's, it's the fact that I'm very, very resilient. Like I'm so, so resilient. I'm super resilient. You know, recently working with Hagi and my manager was like, we were in a meeting and then my manager just looked at me and was like, 
this guy is such a good hire. Like, she was just proud. She was just looking at me and was just proud. And in my head, I'm, as she was saying that, you know what came to my head? I, the, my childhood experience came to my head. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, it's, it's the fact that I can be resilient in, mm. in a lot of things. Like, I can expand and contract, like, a lot of times. Like, it's still hard. And I feel like maybe the next stage of my life, I'm moving to the part where the subconscious wall that was built to protect mm. myself before I need to let it down now. Yeah, the, and yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And now it's hard <sighs> to let it down. So, well, well, it's just, it's just part uh, of my life. Like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this really lends nicely to, you know, one of the, you know, short uh, podcasts that I put out around um, the paradox of, you know, adversity, as it were. Mm-hmm. And the idea of adversity, you know, potentially being there to really bring you down and hold you down. Mm-hmm. However, your ability to learn how to manage that helps you even becoming a better person all around, mm-hmm. and, and which is what is really showing in your case. And, you know, I think to your point, as you mentioned, uh, you've been in Canada now for, what, three years, four years? Yeah, it's a little bit above three years, though. Yeah, three years. So people get a sense of how recent, really, some of these things have happened. Oh, yeah, so very it, recent. Yeah. You know, it, it would seem like, you know, this was ages ago, but this this no. is actually really <laughs> recent. And I, you know, when I heard it first, and this was for me, it was like, are you, are you joking? Is, mm-hmm. can this potentially happen at this day and oh. age? But, but yeah, um, you know, you know, Shay, this, you know, every time I speak to you, I'm, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm just, it just takes me to a space where I'm like, you have gone through so much and yeah. you have, you know, I know at least to a very large extent, you, you've made the very best of it to, to the best of your abilities also, you know, potentially some areas where you might need to kind of step back and, you know, just do some work on yourself on your own, mm-hmm. considering what you've been through. But, you know, you, you are an excellent individual and, you know, your manager was not, you know, wrong at all in saying you're an excellent hire, really, because even without, you know, much more than that, you're an excellent person. And, and, you know, I know there's probably one very interesting story you might have missed. And, and you know, it's, I guess you add a bit of flavor to this. And this was the point where yeah. you had finished university and, and your dad coming for your graduation, you know, oh, obviously yeah, first fun. class, <laughs> you know, proud about first class. And, and yeah. maybe just, you know, tell us a bit about that. And I don't want people to miss that because, you know, it yeah. was very surprising <laughs> when you told me. I'm like, okay, well, that, that's interesting. Yeah, well... Honestly, like maybe I was shocked as well, but I wasn't. I would say I wasn't so shocked when I when I heard it. So um, when I finished university and then I just time for convocation, of course, like exciting time. I was very excited because that was the first time somebody from my family was graduating, and and it happened to be me. It was a proud moment. It was and it was also a moment that I had looked at the five years and also the years before that and how that has not really stopped me from still finishing and really graduating and then also looking at how every little step that i've put together how i felt like maybe my limitation was going to limit me but still it didn't you know it was it was such a good moment and we went for convocation and on until they were going to award me i had uh, two awards and my dad was very excited. He, they, they cooked. They have a lot of food. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, on the other hand, did the same thing. Like even though I told her not to cook, that I told both of them, like you don't have to cook actually, because I was in, I was serving. It was my service here. I just came back yeah. home for that convocation. I was like, well, and also you know, I wasn't supposed to tell them not to cook. But, like I said before, I'm used to not being celebrated. Mm. So I told them not to actually just celebrate, don't elaborate anything, you know, just come around. That's what I just want. But, well, it was good they cooked anyways. Yeah. Um, there was there, there, there were a lot of food and then there were like a few family members that came around. And, of course, when he got to school, he got to know that I studied animal science. And... Um, in all his mind, he thought I was a medical student. Or mm. <laughs> uh, probably something related, maybe like a lab, a lab scientist eventually or something. So, 
Um, we when we, when we got home, it was like I think it all started from that place because we were supposed to pay photographer for all the pictures that was paid uh, that that we took, and it didn't cover the payments. It was just and I was I, I don't have the money. I was like, wow. So, I so he, ch- he changed his mind about paying because he learned that you had not studied medicine yeah. or so that he thought you were studying. Yeah. So it was like. Ugh. What what are you even going to do with this degree and all of that? So, but well, that was a, that was also a challenge. I had a plan going on. I was already applying for some scholarship, honestly, and I had some plans going on on that on that undergrad. So we got to him and it was like, if you had known uh, that, do I think you would have even be putting this money into a course that I doesn't see that there's any meaning to it? So that was that was a bit disappointing for me because I was like, oh, seriously, this is why I don't want you people to be celebrating me again, because it's not like you people understand the point of the celebration, anyways. So mm-hmm. that was, but I was saying that to myself anyway. I didn't tell him anything. I just smiled. It really didn't break me down. I was just disappointed from those words, but it didn't break me or do anything or whatsoever. But I was just so shocked to actually hear that. And um, of course, my mom, on the other hand, doesn't care. Whatever you like, you study. <laughs> she was, she was just a proud mother and just proud of her. Yeah. Me. So, like, we we had those times. And then I went back. When I got the scholarship, I didn't tell him. Mm. So I didn't actually bother telling him. Although I told him at some point that I was applying for scholarship. But when I got it, I didn't even bother telling him. And also because I was also a bit excited with the fact that, okay, I don't even need to tell him so that he doesn't feel like maybe there's a need for him to do anything more. Everything is covered as well. So it was when I got to Canada and I think maybe like a week later that I called him um, in Canada. Hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't so, so shocked. I would say the only thing he was, he asked me was like, is it still the same course? I said yes, and he was like, well, like, yeah. So it was just, it was just an interesting story, honestly, because mm. I felt like he shouldn't even have said that in the first place. First of all, I had no example from the family as to yeah. what to do when it comes to career. Like, I don't even have example from any of you people. I don't even have example to look at. And then I've gone the way to actually just do whatever it is that I felt best. I even don't have, you know, there, there were times that I just wish I have somebody that I could tell, like, oh, this is my result. They don't even understand my result. Like, I just feel like it's just my siblings that I understand what the result is like. Like, my parents don't even understand what it is. Because even at some point, I didn't bother telling them. You understand? Like, my, my dad really didn't finish primary school. My mom only finished high school. All my siblings before me finished, they stopped at high school. So it was like, even when I want to talk about a higher education, I don't even have somebody to actually just um, discuss that with, with uh, within the family, find a way to figure it out. So that's why I was like, I'm not expecting him to like be disappointed in whatever it is that I do. I mean, it's not like there's this clear path as to how to go about that anyways. This is just a boy just trying to like, make sure you still do something and but in all of these i had if, the thinking that i mentioned that i went to borrow money from yeah this this that family was really supporting me like when i tell them my result they were like so proud every time they were always like encouraging me like they were always excited at some point you would think i'm part of their family Cause they were always like very excited like when i come back from school even when i graduated and then i told them about my results they were so so like they were just excited and you know when i was going to canada as well that ticking still went i had to do because i was supposed to get my driver license even before i left nigeria and i was having an issue getting it to most of the issue of finance. <laughs> so I don't even have the money to actually just pay. This man went ahead to get the, the travel license, did everything to make sure that I have it and I could drive even before I left. Yeah. So like I I still have 
maybe a little bit those people that really understood that part of oh okay this guy is really just making a way for himself and all of that yeah and it really just helps to know that yeah and i feel yeah, like yeah only the support system yeah mm-hmm. that's 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 probably a good summary of this one high story yeah yeah it's it's a, it's an incredible summary um yeah. you know uh, oh boy <laughs> this is my story this is Shayi's story um i, I think first yeah. of all i really want to thank you and thank you so much for being vulnerable enough to share your story to the millions and millions of people that will listen to this and i'm yeah. sure that they've been impacted by what they've learned and they will pick too many things. There's so many things to pick out from this story. I, I can't even mention so many, many things. And I know that uh, there are some things that we haven't touched on and potentially we'll look at oh, if we have to maybe circle back and just talk. But I think so far, this is like, this is a lot. And I want to thank you so much for coming on this um, journey with me to also share your journey to the world. And, mm-hmm. and so that people can see the power of what yeah. you know one's journey can actually do and, and what, what it is like thank you so much Shay. i really really appreciate you oh thank thanks so much for reaching out and then thanks for putting this together and then for the time as well like i just felt like it was time to say it and then i mean thank you for reaching out yeah, yeah. And, and thank and thank you for you know allowing me to share your story i think i'm, I'm yeah. very privileged i feel very privileged okay. and and yeah thank you so much